You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm Brian Catherman. The Salty Believer Unscripted is a podcast about ministry and the Christian journey. And I'm really excited today because we actually have a special guest with us. In studio. In studio, live and in person. Mark from Hebron Baptist Church. Mark Whitaker. Soon to be Dr. Mark Whitaker. Uh, Hopefully. So, Mark, you, you're the pastor of what? Worship and Discipleship? What yeah. is it? Yeah. Worship so, yeah. and Mission. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. You tell uh, me what I'm pastor is. of Worship and Mission at Hebron Baptist Church in Northern Kentucky, just awesome. right across the river from Cincinnati. So, tell us about your church. If someone's in Cincinnati or in Kentucky or both. Or Hebron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hebron. Well, if you're in Cincinnati, there's plenty of great churches up that way. But, so, how um, do they find your church? On our side of the river, um, it may be, may be best to go to our website, hebronbaptistchurch.org. Um, and, um, yeah, so and we're spy on you a little bit. Yeah. You can spy on us. We've got our live streams on there and, um, and information about our church and our mission and vision in the area. And uh, so, yeah, check us out on our website. So I've, I've been there. It's a great place. In addition to the amazing missions pastor there, why does somebody want to come to your church? What makes you different? Um, and the, and the amazing worship pastor. <laughs> <laughs> They're both really cool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I think, you know, what? We've kind of said that we're like we're just going to do church like church. Like in our area, there's a lot of mega churches and a lot of churches that are that are that are doing good things and the quality and things like that, but are trying to look as much not like a church as possible. And we've just kind of we're kind of a place where it's like we have pews, we have stained glass windows, and this is kind of who we are. Before we jump into the topic, I'll just say this: if you listen to this podcast and you like it, and you're in that area, you'd probably like that church. For sure. Because they're very similar. They're very like-minded with us. They're our friends. Very much. Yeah, and we appreciate you guys. You guys are mission partners for us and our church, and so it's a joy to have you with us today. I guess today, kind of a nerd alert, we have kind of an interesting topic today. We're talking about Moravians and how to know if you're living next to one. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, I know nothing about what we're talking about today. So, So, so (laughs) Mark is working on... uh, Heavy doctoral study. You're almost in dissertation phase, mm-hmm. Riley. Yeah. Uh, and his topic of study is the Moravians. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most of our listeners would be able to tell you what or who a Moravian is. So I thought, well, this is helpful. But before you even tell us, at least give us the listeners a, a reason to keep listening. Why do Jiffy Lube Joe, guy commuting to work, why does why do these people need to know who a Moravian is? So, or how to use it in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> the word for today. No, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, I, I, it, it comes up in a lot of church history books, and they sort of pop up at random points, and you're like, who is this? And they never describe them very, very closely. Um, the easiest thing to say, um, that, that why, and what first got my attention, I was reading in a book on mission, and they were talking about the fact that among Mor- the Moravians in the mid-19th century, that there was some research to suggest that worldwide, so it's kind of like a denomination, so worldwide, among all the self-proclaimed Moravians, one out of every 12 of them was living in a country other than their birth because they've been deployed on the mission field. Okay, before we even ask what a Moravian is, what would be SBC or Presbyterian? Like, what's a typical for us, do you think? What do you mean? To compare, like, oh, one out yeah. of every 12? So, like... I mean, so as the, 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 like the IMB, yeah. let's say. So yeah. the IMB has got somewhere like 3,500 missionaries worldwide. This and is the 50, International Mission Board. And there's, what, 43,000 churches? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. How yeah. Many? Okay, so the percentage so, is super tiny. Yeah, so we're like, what was it? There's like four or five million... To um, one? Uh, SBC, yeah, or something like that, yeah. And you're saying 12 to one? Yeah, 12 to one. That's interesting. Yeah, like okay. unheard of percentage. Here. Josiah and I are still confused, so let's go back to... Now that we know why we want to listen, they're yeah. super missional. Right, yeah. 
And we'll come back to Unprecedentedly that. Unprecedentedly so. What's a Moravian? So, <laughs> the quickest explanation is if you, um, and I'm not, I can't go into a lot of detail because it's a long story, but if, you, if you're familiar with church history and you're familiar with a man named Jan Hus, he was kind of a reformer before reformers were cool. He's a swan. Yeah. So like from bef- Luther's oh, goose. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So like, so so basically, Jan Hus was saying a lot of the same stuff Luther said, but about a hundred years beforehand, and he got burned at the stake for it. So um, so the Moravians are actually the descendants of the followers of Jan Hus. No kidding. Okay, really quickly, because people are like I think all this sounds familiar. Yeah. If you went to T4G, or somebody you know went and they gave you the book, The Twenty One Servants of Sovereign Joy. And the the the, the uh, swans will not be silent. If you have that on your book, and this, a lot of our listeners yeah, probably have this, yeah. he's the swan. Yeah. He's burned at the stake. So yeah. that so so okay from that guy who was pre-Reformation before Luther, right? Hundred years before Luther. Yeah, you're saying these guys are the ones that came out of the Reformation with that guy pre-Luther. Yes, correct. So now this is interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I think I ate at a Moravian restaurant once. But... <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but why did you have you... the chicken? <laughs> but why did you decide to write about these guys? Uh, well, because again, um, well, I, the area which I'm interested in and that where I'm focusing my study, doctoral studies is on the sending church. And what I want to see and what I want to help local churches, and by that I don't mean local mega churches. I mean local regular churches. How can we be as faithful as they were to raise up people to 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 think of the missionary task as a normal thing for children and to, to live. Think. Yeah. Like not not two not a one week missionary trip. Yeah, Those yeah, guys yeah, yeah. lived out of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would literally move away forever. And they would find like they did it. They would found whole towns, and they would build how many, a community. How, how many people? Quick math. You said one out of every twelve. Yeah. So, if we have seventy-five people, I mean, we're talking. We got like we're sending out a lot of missionaries. We, yeah. We yeah. that or if you're at a you know five thousand person church, how many people should have gone? We're not even coming close to that. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we're talking unprecedented amounts of of missionaries sent and. And the very fact of this podcast, nobody's heard of these people. Very intentional as missionaries or just living in different places? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, they, they literally would, would would form. And so many of the of the sort of religious communities were formed because, like, we talk about the Puritans leaving England to, to, to kind of exercise the freedom of religion in other places. That wasn't the case with... That wasn't the case with Moravians. They wanted to go to lost peoples and figure out whatever it took to take a team of people, go and 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 raise up a community to, to be on mission to the surrounding areas. Okay, questions then. We're going to want to know why don't we know about them because of what happened to them. I don't yeah, see what's the timeline? When did they yeah, 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 yeah. talking so, about? So um, we're talking that so they kind of have a they kind of have a, a similar like a Moses experience where um, the, the, the Hussites end up landing on the estate of a man named Count Zinzendorf. This is okay. in the eight, early 18th century. And he is... If you're Did they call themselves Hussites at this no, point? No, no, no. It would have been like the, the, bre- the brethren. It would okay. be the unity of the brethren. I'm just trying to put it all together. Yeah, okay. yeah, so they, yeah. they come to Zinzendorf. Yeah, and they, they basically like squat on his property. And Zinzendorf's having his, his own sort of um, religious experience. He's, if you're familiar with pietism... Okay. Very much influenced by pietism, so he's trying to take his faith seriously in very physical, devotional ways. That's kind of the sense of pietism. And so that his influence combined with their sort of pre-Reformational but very Reformational theology, they start to form this community and they start to see the Christian life lived in community in a more radical sense than honestly we would even express it now. Okay. In terms of they actually lived together in houses and they had a different way of doing that, but... Um, so- 
So and and then so they end up spreading all over the all over the place. They're doing this, by the way, about fifty years before William Carey. Okay, so we so talk about William Carey being the the sort of the father of modern missions, but they were doing this. 50 to 75 and on years a before that. Level. Not just yeah, yeah, William yeah. Carey going, but like a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, William Carey's like one guy that starts a missionary movement. This is a whole denomination that has owned the missionary task and is going all over the world, but it was not easy to do that. I want to come back with a bunch of theology questions, but before we do that, what happened to him? Yeah. What, what's the end of the story? So, I don't, I don't, I've never met a Moravian. I would say, I would say, and, and to some extent, I would describe this experience as sort of their downfall. They're, they do exist. There are Moravian churches today. You can really? actually go find where them would, today. Where would you, like in America? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could actually go find Moravian churches. They're not, they're not big. They're not tons of them. All eight of our Moravian listeners are like, I can't <laughs> believe you didn't know yeah, about yeah, the yeah, Moravians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you you might be living if next to one. If you're familiar <laughs> with like a brethren church, it's going to feel a lot oh, like that. Okay. It's not the same. They're not one and the same. Okay. Although some of them may be called but then you call churches. them Moravian churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so what okay. happened to them? So How'd that come down? I would, I would describe it as the downfall because part of their missionary, missionary desire, they had to deal with colonialism and imperialism during the 18th and 19th century. They had to, in order to get somewhere that was already being settled by an empire, they had to play ball. So to come to the colonies, they had to become Anglican and get oh. their leadership ordained by the Anglican Church to be able to do ministry in the colonies. So in the in the in the, in the, in the in American colonies they were sort of Anglicany, but in the West Indies which were which were which were founded by the Danish they had to become Lutherans. In Greenland they had to be more Anglican and um, so taking on a lot of outside theology. Right. So they're having to kind of join with these denominational structures to then be able to serve in those places. And over time you know, they say, you don't, you stand for nothing, you'll fight for, fall for anything. Eventually, as a denomination, they were so vague in their theology that eventually they became mainline. And if actually, as a matter of fact, they were one of the founding members of the World Council of Churches. So if you're familiar with that which, movement, it's very yeah. ecumenical. Yeah. It's like, let's let's get rid of all of our denominational differences and just love Jesus. Everything goes. And then eventually, they just left the gospel entirely. Okay, so now let's go back to some theology then. Um, or many of them did, by the in way. In the yeah, earlier... They're, they're it bad. sounds like they don't have their own theology. They, they, they kind of they, like use everybody They really have answers. never had... They really... Well, they had they for a short period. When they were following us, then they would have had something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, before they really started doing that, would you say they were, were they were quite a bit more like the Reformers? Or do they not pick up on the Reform well, stuff? Cause they, one of the things I think they missed that. out on in their theological trajectory, because we follow the Reformation, Calvin was a huge, important piece of the Reformation. Calvin is systematizing Reform theology into a book where everybody could go, yeah, I believe that, no, I don't believe that. But they didn't have that. So, so all they had was the like... The Institutes of Christian Religion, yeah, FYI. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. didn't have that... that that manual that they could say this is our statement of faith and they were kind of opposed to that because they're bringing people into their communities from other faith traditions so they've been really slow to write some kind of a denominational distinction because they want to be very welcoming very inclusive so they don't have like the westminster confession of faith or the 1689 not historically no 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 line in the sand very very little the hard part is when you have no line in the sand you have no boundary it's easy to get too far away from and and there are a few times in their history they went way off the rails for sure okay so that interest and then when they went way off the rails there was not a lot of Grounding coming back. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Was it like a downward they, slide? There just was kept a going? solid. There was a solid sort of Reformation period. There's, there's this there's period in their history they call the sifting time where they went through a very very far off good. the <laughs> very far off the rails. They end up getting destroying all their records during this time period, and we actually didn't know much about it until a few years ago. Some of the hymnals written during that time period were recovered, and we learned a little bit more. But 
Um, they definitely went off the rails to such a degree that they were actually embarrassed to even be able to have anybody know about it. So there was some good reformation happening after that period, trying to get back to sort of a historic Christianity. But even so... so I just want to ask, you know, a question that maybe, you know, besides somebody being able to answer some Jeopardy questions on these guys, what would be kind of like an interesting fact that kind of like stands out with this group of people? Let's ask that in this way. How can somebody show off that they're really smart? That's what I'm trying to say. They learn something about Thanksgiving Moravia. dinner. What do I say? First date, first date. Um, let, let me think. Hey, how about um, the Moravians? Um, well, I think they lost last night. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, one of the things I think is the is the is just the... One of the interesting things about, and I don't know that this is that all that helpful when it comes to modeling for more modern missions, but when they had these communities, the the, the men and women lived separately. So, like as I a child, don't like it. yeah. Well, like as a child, when you'd be born, your mother would nurse you, to, and to the point where you were done nursing, you would go live in a house. With all of the like, so a all boy, the men or all, all the, the boys would live in a house together. I'm out. And all the and and they had it. It wasn't like shakers because eventually they'd have they'd have sort of controlled mixing environments where people could get married. But they were you'd be raised among everybody. Basically, lived in the boarding school system, which was in some sense helpful. Because a lot of times mom and dad would end up on the mission field and leave their kids in the community. Now I know why the one in 12 went on the mission field. <laughs> yeah. This frat house is too much. I am going <laughs> yeah. on a mission. <laughs> um, they called them choirs, actually. So like they'd have the boys' choir, which meant sure. oh, all sure they did. together. <laughs> and the girls' choir, where they all live together. And then they have like a, mid, like a teenager one. But you see these guys still exist today. Are they still doing that today? I don't think so because they they're they're, they're living in they had to live in the world. They don't remember, have to remember how they adopted community. everybody else's practices. Someone's right. like, wait, right. these people all live separately. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. We should do that. I don't. Like, I don't well, believe they do that anymore. Let's talk about your paper. Like, let's talk about the actual work. What is like what? I know you're not at that stage. You're yeah, almost yeah. done with your seminars, right? Yeah. What's your What's the goal that you're arguing? Are you arguing for something? Or well, at this it- point, I, I want to analyze some of their methodology because I, I don't want to condemn their theology, obviously. Um, I'm a Baptist. I'm not a Moravian. But I do think there's a lot for us to learn about community, for one, about missions education, which is a thing that was really big in our own denomination for a long time. Uh, they had, for children, they had things like RAs and GAs, which, if you didn't grow up in the Southern Baptist You say Church, they, you mean Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist. Moravians. Yeah, 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 like yeah, the yeah. Moravians had yeah, the yeah, RAs? No, 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 no. <laughs> so, like, Southern Baptists had these programs which raising up children to understand missions. They would learn missionary stories. They would talk. And it's funny, it kind of became, the RAs, I grew up doing that, almost became like a Christian Boy Scouts. And I think the thinking behind that was, I'm going to teach you survival skills, such that if you one day go out to the mission field and in, say, Africa or Southeast Asia or something, where you need to learn to kind of live in a little bit less I got posh my, environment. I got my how to deal with poisonous spiders badge for mission work. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I think that was the thinking behind that. And eventually that kind of fell away, and there's really not a systematic missions education program anymore for children. But I think, and I'm not saying that I think it should be a class like that, but I, I do think as a church we need to be thinking about how are we making the missionary task a normal thing for every member at every age. And we got to teach kids from a young age that this is a normal thing. And so there was different really interesting ways that they accomplished that. And that's one of the things I want to analyze and and, and possibly bring out and draw out for churches to take and say, hey, we could try this and that might. Okay, let's get back to the land of less nerds. Yeah. Um, 
No offense. No. Just as like of this group, I'm the only one that's not having a doctorate or working on a doctorate. <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say like I'm just as confused as when we started. But <laughs> if, if somebody wants to learn about Moravians and they maybe don't want to wait for your dissertation to come out, what's a good go-to book for? Um. Well, unfortunately, there is very very little written about. But the, one of the best places to go is either going to be like a biography of Count Zinzendorf, which there's a couple of. And then um, there's actually a like a Moravian journal if you're really getting nerdy and you want to learn more about them. Uh, they actually have a journal that they write. Uh, I don't know if it's still in print or not, but there's a lot of old issues that you can check. So out. let's say I go to Hebron Baptist Church. You do missions work there. Yeah, yeah. How much of this is like in like it? What am I going to see in the mission work at? Well, my hope. One of the things because you been, guys are sending a team out to us, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One of the things <laughs> I'm toying around with in terms of the relationship between mission partners, and we talk about this. The importance that we have a friendship between, like myself and, and and Brian and Josiah, for instance, but like, what about our children? Oh, what okay. about the relationship that my kids have with yeah. your kids? Sure. Which and luckily so we had all of them in the same house for a few days. Yeah, and it we was did. Total nuclear <laughs> circle. Was pretty Moravian. It was really Moravian. Seven anyway. children in one house. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> But we've already kind of started with one of our other mission partners who's in Argentina to kind of talk about how do we get your daughters connected with the kids at my church where they're thinking, hey, what are Hannah and Kinley doing today? What kind of stuff do they do? So the kids are already thinking kind of missionary life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus relationally, yeah, this so, is reality. So like That's back cool. then, they had like pen pals. They would write letters. In fact, they were taught children Wait, raving. For, for our millennial and younger listeners, a pen pal was a thing you wrote oh, yeah. a letter to somebody, and they wrote a letter that. back to you. This thing called snail mail? It, there was but no actually, app for that. The there was postal no service app. didn't exist then either, so they actually have a system... Forgetting that from community to community, but children. Yeah, and now you call it snail mail, so people think that's how it was delivered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually worse than that because it would be by ship most of the time. Ship mail. Yeah. Anyway, and sorry, walking. we have derailed. So, um, but yeah, so they they would children would learn to read at a very young and write at a very young age, so they could learn to write letters to children in other communities all over the world. And so, so the reason for ways, them was to connect with other people. And, there, and, there's, and there's actually grown missionaries who've given their lives and gone overseas to be missionaries who remember back to the days when they were writing and receiving letters from kids and communities all over the place as a major influence as to why they became a missionary. That's and to cool. me, I think with our modern technology and social media and, and FaceTime and Zoom and all this stuff, like we can actually have face-to-face friendships between my ch- our children at our church and like children that at your easy, church, right? that, that should be really easy to that's do. Cool. <laughs> and so I just think that may be one way that we might be able to institute that pretty pretty easily within our own context. Okay, that's that was a lot. But uh, just again, first of all, if anybody's interested in learning more about the Moravians and they want to get in touch with you, do you have like your website? Is that the yeah, website? yeah, that'd be probably the best place to do that. Which is you want to throw yeah, it out there? Hebron is our website. And you can find Mark Whitaker there yeah. and reach out. And then also, I was going to say, if you're in that area, you want to find a church, connect. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Do we have anything else we need to do? No, I think that's Especially great. Especially if you're coming to check out but, the Ark of the Creation Museum. Oh, yeah, you oh, guys yeah. are right there. Let's yeah, talk right. about that real We're very, fast. very close by if you're ever interested. And again, we have, uh, if you're familiar with Answers in Genesis Ministries, but they have this gigantic ark. Apparently, there's a huge boat. It's a big old boat. Um, it's about 45 minutes <laughs> away from it. us. You can't miss it. It's right <laughs> off the interstate. So you guys are right. You have a lot of people that work there. Yeah, so in fact, okay. yeah, probably half our congregation has some connection to Answers in Genesis. Okay. Which that's actually pretty cool to see. So if you're coming to visit the thing, come see us on a Sunday morning. That's cool. But if you live in the area, Consider plugging in, joining, and then yeah. probably 
if there's 12 of you around, one of you is going on a mission trip. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> this is great. I know this podcast was, this episode was a little more nerdy than probably normal, but hopefully you learned something today. And the next time you're stuck in traffic and you're behind a car that has a bumper sticker that says, my student is a Moravian honor student, you'll know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.